We are hungry for the truth. The people of today are starving for the authentic, thirsting for the tiniest droplet of sincerity and aching to experience the genuine. Modern Grace Dreams in the Desert, May 30th. Our scripture is Revelation chapter 14, verse 3. No one could learn the song except for the 144,000 who have been redeemed from the earth. Certain songs can only be learned in the valley. No music school can teach them, for no theory can cause them to be perfectly sung. Their music is found in the heart. They are songs remembered through personal experience, revealing their burdens through the shadows of the past and soaring on the wings of yesterday. In this verse, John tells us that even in heaven, there will be a song that will only be sung by those who had been redeemed from the earth. It is undoubtedly a song of triumph, a hymn of victory to the Christ who set us free, Yet the sense of triumph and freedom will be born from the memory of our past bondage. No angel, nor even an archangel, will be able to sing the song as beautifully as we will. To do so would require them to pass through our trials, which is something they cannot do. Only the children of the cross will be equipped to learn the song. Therefore, dear soul, in this life, you are receiving a music lesson from your father. You are being trained to sing in a choir you cannot yet see, and there will be parts in the chorus that only you can sing. There will be notes too low for the angels to reach, and certain notes so far above the scale that only an angel could reach them. But remember, the deepest notes belong to you and will only be reached by you. Your father is training you for a part the angels cannot sing, and his conservatory is the school of sorrows. Others have said that he sends sorrow to test you, yet this is not the case. He sends sorrow to educate you, therefore providing you with the proper training for his heavenly choir. In the darkest night, he is composing your song. In the valley, he is tuning your voice. In the storm clouds, he is deepening your range. In the rain showers, he is sweetening your melody. In the cold, he is giving your notes expression. And as you pass at times from hope to fear, he is perfecting the message of your lyrics. Do not despise your school of sorrow. It is bestowing on you a unique part in the heavenly song. Is the midnight closing round you? Are the shadows dark and long? Ask him to come close beside you, and he'll give you a new sweet song. He'll give it and sing it with you, and when weakness slows you down, he'll take up the broken cadence and blend it with his own. And many a heavenly singer, among those sons of light, will say of his sweetest music, I learned it 
in the night. And many a lovely anthem that fills the father's home sobbed out its first rehearsal in the shade of a darkened room. And now part one of our two-part series, Our Universal hung Hunger. This is by Matthew Kelly. It starts out, Throughout human history, there has never been a shortage of men and women willing to point humanity along the right path, nor have the needs of the human family ever been a secret. Food, shelter, meaningful work, companionship, freedom, forgiveness, acceptance, and love. In every age, there is an abundance of people who try to speak to these very real human needs and announce the social implications particular to that time. These people stand at the crossroads and point humanity, humanity down a path they have never traveled themselves. In our own age, there is certainly no shortage of books, CDs, DVDs, podcasts, websites, radio shows, seminars, and television programs attempting to speak to our very real human needs in ways that are relevant and engaging. But amid this apparent abundance, there is a great poverty. I am not speaking of a material poverty. Rather, it seems in every place and in every time, the shortage is always of men and women willing to lead humanity along the right path with the example of their own lives. In each moment of history, authentic lives are even ever so rare. Appearance versus the authentic. Our own age seems to be governed by illusion and deception. We have built a whole culture based on appearance. Everything looks good, but scratch just below the surface and you will discover little substance. Appearance has become a standard. We have grown so numb to the realities of good and evil that lying and cheating have become almost universally accepted as necessary evils. So we tolerate them as long as they are performed in the dim light of, quote, respectability. Occasionally, in the midst of this cultural darkness, the great light of the human spirit shines forth with honesty and integrity. At those times, we seem surprised, even taken off guard. Honesty, loyalty, and integrity seem almost out of place in the modern schema. But beneath the surface, under the guise of appearances, this age, like any other, is made up of people like you and me. And if you listen carefully, if you look closely, you will discover that people are hungry we were created to, created to love and to be loved, and there is a restlessness, a longing for more, a profound discontent with our lives and with our culture. We sense that something is missing, and deep within, we know that nothing we can buy and no worldly pleasure will satisfy our restlessness. This yearning preoccupies the human heart, and it is neither random nor accidental Everyone has it, and we have it for a reason. The Holy Spirit, the soul of our soul, as Pope Benedict XVI calls him, is at the source of these longings. It is the presence of God in the most interior part of ourselves that calls us 
to move beyond the surface concerning our lives, to explore and experience something deeper. Our hunger is not for appearances, nor is it for the fleeting and superficial. It is for something of substance. We are hungry for the truth. The people of today are starving for the authentic, thirsting for the tiniest droplet of sincerity and aching to experience the genuine. Why has Christianity been rejected? The hunger for truth for goodness is enormous. It's enormous. And yet at the same time, Christianity, and particularly Catholicism, has been largely re rejected. There are, of course, many people who faithfully attend church each Sunday, but increasing numbers are choosing not to come to church. This is particularly true among younger generations. Most of us know good, intelligent people contributing members of our communities who won't have anything to do with Christianity, many of whom were raised as Christians in one form or another. Sooner or later, we must begin to explore this ever-increasing phenomenon and ask some probing and uncomfortable questions. Is it possible that we failed to engage them? Did the hypocrisy of individual church members or leaders obscure their experience of God? Did we fail to feed them? Did we ever really welcome them? Those of us who call ourselves Christians do so because we believe that the life and teachings of Jesus Christ are the personification of truth, sincerity, and authenticity, and in a practical sense, simply the best way to live. If we are correct in this belief, and if the people of the 21st century really are hungering for authenticity and the best way to live, then as Christians, we must ask ourselves questions such as, why are more people not enthusiastically embracing Christianity? Why, in fact, are so many people so hostile toward Christ and his church? I sense it is because the people of today believe Christians, Christianity, and perhaps Catholics in particular, are as much of this culture, culture of appearance and deception as anyone else. This is a harsh truth that needs to be faced. People's desire for truth has not diminished, but they have become wary, doubtful, skeptical, and sadly, even cynical in their search for truth. And to be honest, I can't blame them for their attitude. I do not agree with their position, but I understand. I understand it. And perhaps more importantly, I can see how they arrived at the place of philosophical confusion and theological desolation. The cause of much of this confusion is the unprecedented prolification of words, symbols, images, and every manner of communication in the latter part of the 20th century. People are tired. They are worn out, overloaded with information, and overwhelmed with the social, political, and economic climate. They are striving to thrive. They are merely trying to survive. This is a tired culture. 